Greetings, friends and brethren. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Well, today I want to talk to you about repentance, reset, and rest. So let's open with prayer. Father, we thank you that you are Lord of heaven and Lord of earth. And Father, we ask today that you would bring us to a place of repentance because we understand that when we have a broken and contrite heart, that Father, you restore us. You reset us on a new path, and that brings rest to our soul. So I thank you for this message today, and I pray, Lord, that each person listening will receive this word from the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I believe that the time that we are in, and it is a very unusual time that we have been in over the past several months, I believe this is a time when the Lord is calling his church to repentance. The Old Testament scriptures show us that when Israel got off track and got in trouble, the only way back was repentance. We see in Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 21, verses 4 through 9, that the people became very discouraged and spoke against God and Moses. So let's look at those scriptures. I'm reading out of the New King James Version of the Bible today, so if, you're ha- if you have your Bible with you, uh, you can turn to Numbers chapter 21, and we're going to start with verses 4 through 9. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water. And our soul loathes this worthless bread. So so the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they bit the people. And many of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And that shall be that everyone who is bitten when he looks at it shall live. Then Moses made a bronze serpent, put it on a pole. And so it was. If a serpent had bitten anyone when he looked at the serpent, at the bronze serpent, he lived. Well, from that story, we can see that because the people confessed their sins and repented of their sins to Moses, that Moses was able to go to the, to the Lord on their behalf. And ultimately, healing came. So there was a reset. Repentance is important because it brings a reset. In other words, everything gets put back in order. And that reset will bring rest to your soul. Now, you might ask, why do we need to repent as a nation, as an individual? Well, let me start with the nation portion first. Abortion. The state of New York passed legislation in January of 2019 to allow a baby once born 
to have its life terminated if the mother agreed to it. That in itself was so beyond, so beyond the pale because we had so many states that allowed abortion up to 24 weeks. Now, all of a sudden, the state of New York was allowing abortion after the baby was born. In other words, the baby could be terminated. Its life could be terminated once born. Several years ago, the Supreme Court ruled that same-sex marriage was legal. Again, a new reset. We now have genderless bathrooms. And in schools, boys can use the little girl's bathroom and vice versa. We have six- and eight-year-old boys who want to be castrated because they think they're a girl. And the American Academy of Pediatrics instead of protecting children, is right there to support the children even if the parents refuse to allow it. Let's look at sex trafficking, trafficking of children. It is so big and widespread in our country that it would make your hair turn gray if you were completely uh, blonde or brunette. It's so bad that it's not even safe to allow your children to go anywhere alone, especially to a playground. And I've been told by someone who knows that even um, at the Highlands, up um, the um, the gas station up at the Highlands, that because it's uh, right on the interstate, it's close to Pennsylvania, that You know, they prey on young girls that are at the gas station there, at the Sheets gas station. So it's just just not safe for young men, young boys, or girls to be out and about alone. There are very heinous things being done, so violent, so, so despicable. It just would make, as I say, it would just make your hair turn white if your hair wasn't already white. Now, those are just a few. I've just named a few issues in our nation. Let's talk about individuals. Let's go on a personal note and talk about us as individuals. We have to take an inventory of our own lives. Now, here are just a few issues we should look at. We could start with idolatry. It's so easy to put things and people before the Lord. And many times they begin to rule from the seat of our heart instead of the Lord being king and master over our lives. You know, in our culture, that's so easy to do. We have sports. But think about this right now. We have been on a pause for at least six weeks, some places maybe a little longer. And so there have been no sports. So. I think it's actually a good thing that it's been shut down. Now, I'm not against sports, and I'm certainly not against keeping all of these things shut down. I'm just saying that in this time that we have had this pause, I think it's a good time to do an inventory, take a reflection. What is our life focused on? So many things in our lives can become idolatrous. 
We can even put people on the pedestal of our heart instead of the Lord. Let's look at pride. Pride often comes as a self-bomber. We don't see it and we don't hear it. Yet it motivates a lot of what we say and do. Humility seems to be something kind of old-fashioned. I mean, why would you want to humble yourself? Why would you want to put on, as the scriptures say, a cloak of humility? That's kind of old-fashioned, isn't it? Folks, it's one of the most important things we could do uh, as Christians. And, And I'm speaking to Christians. When I'm talking about a time of repentance, I'm speaking to the church. I'm speaking to folks who know Jesus. So pride comes, and oftentimes we don't see it, we don't know it, and it's operating and motivating things that we say and things that we do. Covetousness, what is that? That's desiring to have what others have. So much so much so that we wish it was ours instead of theirs. Oh, I just, I wish I had a car like that. I wish I had a house like that. I wish I had clothes like that. I wish, I wish, I wish. But it's even more than a wish. It's it's an intense uh, longing to have something of somebody else's, something that they have. It's a a very unhealthy and it's a sinful thing. Jealousy. Jealousy can manifest in so many ways. We often see jealousy between family members. We see jealousy among co-workers. We see jealousy among neighbors. The jealous spirit is a very, you know, sometimes I just wonder which of these things are more wicked. But jealousy is such an evil thing. Um, Lying. Do you know that we are a culture of liars? People lie so much these days, and they don't think anything of it. It's like the new norm. What matters if I lie? Who cares? I'll just tell more lies until people believe it. Pornography. Of course, pornography goes along with all of the things of immorality, sexual perversion, um, Sex outside of marriage, adultery, sex with a married person. I mean, there are people who have adulterous affairs one after another. Don't even think a thing about it and just go on. Anger, cursing, drinking, stealing. Do you steal at work? Do you steal pens at the workplace? Do you just take a few pens and bring them home? Well, please stop, because you didn't pay for the pens, and you don't own the pens. You are stealing. Even the little sins, you know, even those little sins that we tend to just kind of brush under the rug. You know, I could go on, but I think you get the point. We, the church, I'm speaking again, to the church, we need to get on our knees and repent. 
We need to repent for our own individual sins, and we need to repent for our nation's sins. Now, let me say it again. Repentance brings a reset, and the reset brings rest to our soul. I'm going to look at several scriptures today. We're going to start in Isaiah chapter 1. And the prophet Isaiah says, we're going to look at verses 16 through 20. And Isaiah writes, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good. Seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Turn to Isaiah 66, last chapter in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is a, is a long book. He's a major prophet. Isaiah chapter 66. We're going to look at verses 1 and 2. Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. So we see what Isaiah is saying, the Lord is saying through this prophet Isaiah. The Lord, he always is willing to look at the person who has a repentant heart. Contrite is just a repentant heart. Someone who is who realizes and recognizes, I cannot get through life without the Lord. I must lean on him. And the person who really embraces God's word trembles at God's word. That's the one that the Lord looks upon. Turn back to Psalm. I'm going to look at Psalm 51. There's some pretty incredible, some pretty incredible things in this Bible. Now, David wrote this Psalm 51 after Nathan had gone to him. And pointed out to David that he had sinned because, remember that David had seen Bathsheba over while he was on the rooftop and called her over and played with her and got her pregnant. And of course, to hide David's sin, he sends Bathsheba's husband to the front lines to be killed, which Uriah was killed. So Nathan the prophet comes to David and points out David's sin. And David writes this. It's called a prayer of repentance. And David writes, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness, 
according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward part, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. I want to just end there and just say that you can see David's heart. You can understand that he recognized his sin. He confessed his sin before God. And He's even saying what Isaiah said. He says the sacrifices of God are broken in a contrite heart, and the Lord does not despise that. A, a, a heart that, that is sorrowful, truly godly sorrow and repentant, God will not despise that heart. And, and David says, he says, restore to me. See, when I talk about first we repent, and then it's a reset. Everything is put back into order, and then we have uh, rest. And David says, restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. And that's what repentance does. It puts the joy back in. It gives us a rest uh, from the, the heavy weight. Sin is a heavy weight. It is a real burden. It's like carrying a, a giant bag around filled with uh, huge boulders. And when we confess our sin and acknowledge it before the Lord, that weight is, is removed. We're, we're free as a bird. We're light as a feather. And it just brings rest to us. That's why repentance is so important. Turn to Psalm 38. And I look at just a few scriptures here. David again writes this psalm, and 
starting with verse 3, Psalm 38, verse 3, there is no soundness in my flesh because of your anger, nor any health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. You see, folks, when we sin, and of course we all do, it, it not only is it a heavy burden, but it's like it's like having a wound that's festering. It smells. It's awful. And it's like when David says, "There's no health in my bones because of my sin." I mean, we do not. Feel, we feel good for a moment. We have joy for a moment. We have pleasure for a moment. But suddenly, that that pleasure turns into a heavy weight, festering wounds, just an overall bad feeling. He says, "There's no soundness in my flesh." So. We have to understand that sin brings a lot of harm to us, but repentance brings such refreshing to us and rest. It's such a rest when you have confessed your sin before the Lord and you are now uh, free. Let's look at Psalm 32. Again, a Psalm of David. He says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My vitality turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with a bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Oh, I love that psalm. It's so beautiful. It's a perfect picture what David is talking about sin. He's saying, you know, all my vitality left. That's what sin does. It takes away our vitality, our strength, our joy. And he says it felt like a drought, a summer drought. Dry. Ooh. And he says, your hand was heavy on me. 
But he said, I confessed my, my transgressions, my sins. I confessed them to the Lord. Wow. And so he's rejoicing. He's shouting for joy. Let's turn to Psalm 61 and see what the Lord says here. The Psalm of David again. Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings, Selah. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. You will prolong the king's life, his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. Oh, prepare mercy and truth which may preserve him. So I will sing praise to your name forever that I may daily perform my vows. Folks, if you have been overwhelmed in the last several months, three months, two months, Go to the rock. Go to the rock. His name is Jesus. And he will be a shelter to you. He will be a strong tower from all of these things. You can abide and trust in him in the shelter of his wings. Now, I want to conclude with Psalm 34. I love this psalm. And this is another psalm of David. And David certainly knows how to write so beautifully the thoughts of his heart. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may say good? Be good. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. 
The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. I hope that this message really stirs you to come to a place of repentance and that you would repent for our nation, repent of your own individual sins, because repentance will bring a reset, and that reset will bring refreshing and rest to your soul. I guarantee it. Every scripture I've read to you today, every psalm that David wrote here, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. You see, when we seek the Lord, we're not going to lack any good thing. You don't have to be afraid in this time of this COVID-19 crisis. You don't have to fear. We just have to fear the Lord. He will deliver us from all of our fears. So let's magnify the Lord. Let's exalt his name together. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. Well, this is Dawn Noble of Pure Heart Ministries. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again. And if you would so uh, uh, please uh, pray for this ministry. I really covet your prayers. I really, really do. It, it means a lot to me. And if you'd like to support this ministry, you can write me at Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. I know there's a lot of you out there who listen to this uh, broadcast, and I would really greatly appreciate you helping to support this broadcast. So if you would send something to Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. Well, I look forward to being with you next week. Shalom, shalom. Peace be unto you.